Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's version of the Thursday Talk. I'm Tracy Olston, and this is Dr. Charles Hunley. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk about something that's really important, and the conversation is going to revolve around trauma patients and the global period. Uh, many of the groups that we're working with currently believe that the trauma patients fall under a global period, um, not taking into account the multiple injuries that the provider might be addressing during their hospital stay. And so what we are finding as an organization is not every single patient falls under that global period. Yeah, and that's actually, it's interesting because the patient comes in with a trauma and you are basically covering that trauma. But as they have, if they have complications, and many times it's multifactorial traumas, that there is complications with it. That is not globally covered. So this kind of podcast will be to really talk about what really is global and then what can't you, you know, I add on, I don't want to say, can you add on, should you add on actually, um, for correct documentation and coding and to actually get the work that, you know, you are doing the extra complications that you're spending on these patients. Yeah, I agree. So I think the first thing that we need to talk about is what is the global period? Uh, so all surgical procedures have either a zero, a 10 day or a 90 day global period. Um, any of the ENM work that is done within that global surgery period is inherent to the actual payment. And so what that means is, is if you were to see a patient around that area that the surgery was performed, that's mm -hmm. going to fall under the global period. So I think where the conversation becomes really important is what happens to those conditions that fall outside of the global period? A lot of the trauma surgeons that we have talked to have told us time and time again, oh, I don't report that because it falls under global. And it doesn't really necessarily fall under global. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Hunley, you have done a lot of trauma in your life. Um, how easy is it for providers to distinguish between you know, what is something that's associated with the surgical procedure versus all the other things that they may be uh, reporting. So back to the, the conversations with trauma, multiple, multiple times you have multiple injuries through that period. And so um, if your primary diagnosis would be a GSW to the abdominal, and I'm going to use that, um, your primary, you're going to the OR. Mm -hmm. You are doing a washout and X-lap with exploration, with possible repair or not, whatever there's in there. That patient is also probably, because he had a gunshot wound, he probably had a decompensation metabolic acidosis and got intubated for acute respiratory failure for hypoxia. Now we're starting to add things up, right? Um, and with that, you had a, a bilateral, you know, or you had AKI with, you know, a renal, acute renal failure. And so now I have multiple additive in, you know, sequelae of injuries. And the big question to everybody is, is that global or is that now you, those are separate items that you have to go code and bill for. And that's really the, 
mystic question. I use mystic because you asked 10 providers or, you know, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get about five or six different answers. It's interesting you say that because we've heard this multiple times with the providers that we have talked to and worked with. Oh, that falls under the global period. And so I think where we really need to go is, is making sure that providers and coders alike, because if the coder doesn't understand the global period as well, it doesn't matter what the physician does on their end, it's not going to get captured mm -hmm. correctly. So, you know, how how would you be able to distinguish between what falls under global versus what doesn't? And I think that takes us back to the very foundation of what is that surgical encounter that the provider is doing? What are they repairing? What area are they working on? Because the global period is specific to that surgery and to the areas that are affected with that surgery. And so you know, as you mentioned, the gunshot wound and the sepsis and all the other things that, that happen, once it moves out of that area, um, then you have to look at it from a holistic standpoint and say, okay, this may not fall under the global period. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's confusing because we equate things in a... Um, well, he had this injury or an acute care surgery. He had a, a bowel obstruction, which was had a surgery, but the sequelae of his illness caused him to have back to acute renal failure, had, mm -hmm. you know, other things. And the big question is, is physicians want to say that's all should be under a global period because it's all about that diagnosis. But at the same time, what you had pointed out to me and other things is there are, there are multiple complications that we are happening, not from the surgical, but from the patient's decompensation that you're having to address extra from that global period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the one thing to remember too is, is patients come in, especially for trauma, they have multiple injuries. You may do, um, you know, you may be doing one surgical encounter for, I don't know, um, let's say like a, a fracture, you're doing some sort of fracture repair, but say the patient has significant road rash on another part of the body and you're doing, you know, um, daily debridements, um, that doesn't necessarily fall under that same surgical period. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to, you have to look at each patient individually and what they're coming in for, because if you are managing something outside of that surgical encounter or outside of that procedure, then those instances should be documented and reported as a separate evaluation and management. The other thing that I think a lot of providers get hung up on is the complication around the global period. Uh, we hear all the time, oh, um, this is part of the global period. I know my patient has a complication. I know that we're doing X, Y, and Z to manage that complication, but they don't yeah. bill it out separately because they think it's part of that global period. And global periods do not encompass any of those complications. A global period is for that standard run-of-the-mill, anything that becomes a complication or requires a little bit more management, 
as long as the provider documents, um, those can be considered and classified outside of that global period. And so my big question for you, uh, and I always say this when we design processes, how can we make it easier for the coders and the providers in a stepwise format to say, this patient had this surgical injury or surgical event, and what counts in the global period and what doesn't? And have a question is, is this directly reflection of the surgery, right? Mm -hmm. And we are taking care of the surgery in the global period, or is this other things that have come in effect in the medical to make them sicker and you have to work harder? Is there a way of doing that? So I think the workflow, um, it's hard to do a workflow when you're dealing with global period and multiple traumas, but I think it's important to answer a couple of questions. And you had hit a couple of those questions. Is anything that you are doing now directly related to that surgical procedure. If it's related to that surgical procedure, then that's part of the global. If it's not related to that surgical procedure, then no, it's not part of the global. And so I think that's really the questions that the provider needs to ask and the coders need to ask um, to be able to identify. Now, what's really interesting is when you go to code this out, for billing purposes, anything that is outside of that global period, your diagnosis codes need to justify it. So if you have um, a surgical encounter that say you did for a gunshot wound, you did exploratory surgery for the gunshot wound, but now you are um, working through a UTI, you, any of the evaluation and management codes that you do for that UTI, you need to have separate documentation. Your documentation needs to be able to stand alone and you need to use your diagnosis codes to justify the UTI portion and not the, the actual surgical encounter. So any of, those, any of those evaluation and management visits that are outside of that global period, your diagnosis code should reflect what you were actually treating outside of that period. So in other words, if you have patient had developed a UTI or have had uh, a pneumonia or acute renal failure secondary, then you would document acute renal failure, what you are doing for that acute renal failure in your note, right? And that it is, and then actually diagnose it and put a diagnostic, diagnostic code as a problem. Yes. And I think that, you know, uh, some of the providers we've talked to say, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to have to document another note. Um, but the thing to remember is, especially if you get paid off of work RVUs, um, the whole purpose of this is to get credit where credit is due for any of that extra work that you are doing around the care of the patient. There's a certain status quo that comes into place when we're doing a, a post-op visit or it's part of the global, the global period. When you're dealing with something else that is above and beyond that surgical encounter or a complication, you know, that's additional work for you as a provider. You should be able to document that, get credit for it. And we all know that the documentation interprets to CPT codes, which interprets to a work RVU value. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I mean, what I'm hearing is, and I don't want to say the old days because some, some 
having a quick surgical note, four or five sentences, is is great if it's just a single surgical event. Yes. For example, on Appy or, you know, um, for the OBGYNs, you know, they're doing hysterectomy, you know, quick note, global, boom. But as the patients get more complicated, they have acute renal failure. They have, you know, post-operative respiratory failure because they have a history of COPD. It's very important to document that and code and bill for it. Not just for the, not just for the RVU, but the hospitals, they're under stress too. And so it increases the severity of illness of that patient. And so your global period is great because you're only getting paid this time, but the hospitals have a finite amount of time they have for that inpatient. Yeah. And so by doing that, you're actually winning on both sides and really showing how sick that patient is. Absolutely. Um, That's really what it boils down to. You mentioned how sick the patient is. Uh, documentation, your diagnosis codes support that medical necessity and the acuity of the patient. Uh, in closing, for those of you who are submitting your coding on your own, who don't have the luxury of having a coder, there's a couple of modifiers that I want to point out that are very relevant when you are um, working with a patient who has multiple injuries um, from a traumatic event. Uh, So Modifier 24 is an unrelated evaluation and management Mm -hmm. service by the same physician or other qualified healthcare professional during the post-op period. This one is really important for any of those um, evaluation and management visits, those 99231 through 99233s. You would attach that to your evaluation and management um, if your documentation supports it. Uh, The other one that you need to be uh, familiar with is Modifier 57. Modifier 57 is decision for surgery. So if you're seeing a patient in a separate um, evaluation and management encounter and you're deciding if there's going to be another surgical procedure, you can attach that to the second evaluation and management code to show that this encounter is, is resulting in a potential decision for another surgery. So modifiers are really important for those of you who are um, actually doing your own coding and don't have the luxury of a support system. So in closing, I mean, we just said that in closing, I hate that term, Um, (laughs) but to finish out this podcast, um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, We're trying to give relative information now that you can use and Basically, Tracy and I and our team want to uh, share with you um, and hopefully improve not just your documentation, but your demonstration of your work you do as a physician. It is very important in this time um, that we show the work we do and not overwork by note bloat and just killing things, but just kind of being able to precisely do it, accurately do it and benefit you and your institutions that you are partners with. Yep, absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, We will be coming to you in the next uh, week with another live podcast. Have a great Thursday. Thank you.